Hey everyone, it's Gabby and Danny and Manny and you're listening to Oye, Let's Talk. So today we're talking about voting matters, period, as Cardi B would say. I'm just saying right now amongst us, we are taking a stance that when you cast your ballot, you are having your voice heard and you are weighing in on the issues. So today we're going to talk about not only why your vote matters, but how you can push others to get to the polls as well. You know, doing the research for this episode, I got really excited because I think voting is super important and I think it's a civic duty that every one of us should fulfill. Mm -hmm. Um, This upcoming election is going to be really important um it has very heavy implications for our future in all aspects of life and not just i want to say that not just this election but every single election that we have whether Mm -hmm. it's a state election a local election all elections matter i want to give a little fun fact just on how people are feeling with this 2020 election i'm gabby i'm gonna cite one of your favorite places pew research Um, today, today, 83% of registered voters are saying that it quote, it really matters who wins as opposed to in past elections. Um, it's been a little lower in 2016. It was 74% back in 2012. It was 63%, 2008, 63 and 2004, 67%. So it seems like the average is about 60 Um, This year's election, we're definitely seeing higher interest in what our elections entail. These statistics say that people believe the outcome is more important than ever. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I think the way that Pew Research asked the question was, do you do you think it matters who wins? Whereas, you know, voter apathy could be like, no, I really don't care who wins. I think the major more than the majority of people, 80, 83 percent of people are saying the outcome of this really matters. OK, but to play devil's advocate here, um, I think that I mean, obviously, polls are skewed. We know this based on the 2016 election. We know this as a fact. Um, it, there's a very small percentage of people who actually fill you know, the polls out. And based off of that, you can already tell that the people that are interested in participating in the polls are people that are interested in voting in general. So I think that that in and of itself is going to, it's kind of like self-explanatory, right? Like it's kind of obvious that they're interested in the elections and that, let me rephrase this. So a person that, you know, is very enthusiastic about voting, they're always going to think that it's important. Does that You're make right. sense? Right. No, and so they ask the registered advocate. voters. Right. Yes. It's the 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 pool of people that they ask, which are registered voters. Obviously, people who are registered vote are probably more enthusiastic about voting than non-registered voters. Exactly. Good. 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 Good catch. Good catch, Danny. Yeah, like I feel like the people that are very adamant about voting, they're always going to be super enthusiastic and super. Correct you know, 100%. throw it and the people that don't care are always not going to care. They're going to think it right. never matters and that it never affects them. Okay, but so, also numbers are trending that there's more people registering to vote than in elections past. So to your point, mm-hmm. Danny, like, unless Pew Research is surveying the same amount of people each time, even if it is registered voters, like, it doesn't mean that someone who's registered to vote can't have voter apathy. 
yes, they are more inclined to be interested, but there's more people registering to vote than typical. So right. on well, that, sure. but I think, I there's think one more thing engagement. Is- Oh, absolutely. I just feel like there's a difference between being a registered voter and just being kind of maybe neutral about it, I think is the word, rather than super, you know, I I don't know, like... Or compared to a non-registered voter. Yeah, following every debate, following uh, the candidates on Twitter, following all the polls and filling out all the polls. They're very enthusiastic about it versus the regular registered voter that's just like, well, let me know when election day is and I'll show up. Right, right. Okay, guys, I don't want to dwell too much on statistics because there are statistics at the end of the day. And like Danny said, they can be skewed. And we won't know until election day, you know, whether it really mattered and if we're gonna have a bigger turnout than the last election. But one of the biggest things I want to harp on in this episode is our voter turnout. And our voter turnout compared to other developed countries and how we here in the United States, just, and this is, this is a little bit of an old statistic. This is the most recent one I found, and I'm going to quote it. It was from a Quartz article, and it says just 53.6% of Americans turned out to vote, and this, was, this is a, it's a, a statistic by Pew Research, compared with 80% turnout in Australia. What do you guys think wow. drives this kind of election turnout here in our country compared to other countries? That's a hard one. <laughs> it's a tough question to tackle, obviously. Yeah, I'm like, like- it's kind of almost apples and oranges because what is the government makeup as well? Mm-hmm. I'm going to, so some countries, and this is what Australia has in place, it has compulsory voting laws where it's mandatory and failing to vote is punishable with a fine of twenty fifteen dollars and you can you'll see this in not on in some countries i don't where, know if i like that <laughs> where uh, there's a fine it's it's a small fine it's not like you're getting fined a thousand dollars for not voting but right, it's a very right. simple fine to kind of engage um you to vote and I, I honestly kind of like that. I think not enough people, not enough people vote in our country. And I'm going to mention just something else. Um, there was this political scientist. Her name was Jill Shepard. Her name is Jill Shepard, um, and she's a survey researcher at the Australian National University. And her findings suggest that countries who have mandatory voter, they have more informed voters there's a wider a a bigger demographic spectrum of people who are politically informed so not only her research indicated that this compulsory compulsory voting um kind of there was a correlation between informed voters and and this compulsory voting I know here in the States, I feel like a lot of people be like, that's infringing on my rights or like, why am I being forced to do this? You know, I can see a lot of people complaining about it, but I think this would be great. Honestly, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I think the fact that we live in a democracy makes us stand out for sure. I think that it is a privilege to vote, as many would say. I think there's also different types of voters. Like I think in 2016, we saw a lot of voters that were like voting against a certain candidate and not necessarily for a candidate. 
Um, there's voters that just vote based on like a single issue. There's voters that are like very party based. You're saying like be- it's different because if we had these compulsory voting laws, then you'd be required to vote. Whereas because we're in a democracy and it's your choice to vote, there's different. There's se- voters are segmented into being like one issue voters mm-hmm. against like more partisan voters, etc. Um, so I, I do see your point. I was going to say, like, if we had compulsory voting laws, like I could see the merit in it, because even though voting is a privilege, I don't feel like everyone treats it as such. For sure. Um, but I do, however, know what taking an exam feels like and being unprepared for an exam feels like. <laughs> so I could see how people right. in other countries are more informed because you don't right. want to go to the ballot box and be like, oh, I really don't know what any of this is. Because it can be confusing. Like at the end of the day, they act like voting is really is as easy as just showing up to the polls and filling out a bubble, which at its most basic form it is. But it's very intimidating to like read the amendments or understand. A hundred percent. Yes. Dude, it's crazy. Or like, I think some people aren't super aware about their local governments, like a property appraiser. Why would a college student be mm-hmm. concerned about voting for one of those in a county? Um, and that's just speaking at the local level. One thing I wanted to touch upon was this idea of privilege, like voting as a right, because I think, you know, I live in Florida, so felon voting rights has been such a tough argument lately. And I think voter disenfranch or disenfranchising voters has also been a hot topic of conversation, especially with mail-in ballots. It's like, how are you going to count everyone's votes during the pandemic? And then whose votes count and um, who needs to wait or like who has barriers to cross before they can vote. So 100% examples of this um, and feel free to jump in on this, too, is Florida passed Amendment 4 two years ago, which gives which restores the voting rights for felons. But now it's caught up in the courts. They have to pay their fees. That's like it's a very confusing situation, which technically they should be allowed to vote and it but if they do it could be considered a crime because they technically don't have their votes yet if they owe money to the court system and that could be a few hundred thousand dollars or a few uh, like 20 bucks so there's a lot of organizations and celebrities trying to pay off these fines because it's like 1.4 million voters or people that has the potential to vote which could swing an election um and then there's also this idea you all know that now my fiance he's a DACA recipient, so he can't vote or residents can't vote. It's very specific to citizens. So even though he's very civically engaged, he can't, he can never cast the ballot. So he's saying like, it's very unfair because he pays taxes. He does a lot of the American things. He's like, I can't get into Mm -hmm. debt. I can't take out federal loans. I have no say in the people creating these laws, but I'm still expected to contribute to the economy. And it's all these little things that make me realize like, well, I'm very lucky because I do have a say because I do have my right to vote. Whereas people who have been personally afflicted by the criminal justice system or laws made by others or people enforcing these laws, they have no say now. And I think it's very important, Danny, as you mentioned, the different types of voters. There's also the different types of people who can't vote but wish they could. That's crazy. I kind of wanted to mention that now that you talked a little bit about um, the Hispanic vote. So according to the uh, BBC article that I read, it says that this 2020 election marks the first time that Latinos or Hispanic people will be the largest ethnic minority in the electorate with 32 million eligible voters. So Woo! I, yeah, that's Sorry, amazing. I just thought we had to celebrate that, that Absolutely. point. Absolutely. That's yes. amazing. 
Um, and I kind of wanted to touch upon a, a, a story that I actually did recently. I reported on this that I didn't know. And actually, a lot of politicians don't even know that this is a thing. So get this. Under the Voting Rights Act, there is an, uh, a jurisdiction that basically mandates certain regions across the nation to have certain polling sites offer like extra services. So whether that's a ballot fully in your language, say like Spanish or Creole or whatever, um, say it'd be having the possibility of bringing like a translator or having someone at the polls, like a worker there, explain to you what the ballot says. That's not an option in every polling place. And I thought that that was the case. I thought that if you needed help with anything, that they would be able to guide you. And that's right. that's not true. It's based on a population within a region that allows these mandated places to have that in place. Voter disenfranchisement, man. I'm telling you, it's a thing. I think because we all grew up in Florida, we're, we're used to that as an option because Florida actually has like one in every single district slash city slash county, but it's not the case everywhere else. And like everywhere it's else. not, yeah, it's not a, a given. Uh, yeah, you would, you, yeah, you would think that that's the, you know, the common sense thing to do, you know, let's, let, let's, let's play, let's actually have a play, a fair playing field and even playing field for people to vote. Like that's so basic. Yeah. To but have that as an option. You and, right. Both you and Dan, um, both you and Gabby, um, harped on this and sadly you know voter suppression is a thing all over the country you know you, uh, you see districts get gerrymandered to um to favor one party um like um danny said resources are taken out there's less polling locations for people maybe people have to drive longer distances to go to their polling place or they have to drop off their mail-in ballot there's only one drop-off place or even worse um i don't know if you guys remember in the last elections there were certain election sites that people had they were waiting in line for three to four hours mm -hmm. and that's just sad so i just want to let our listeners know be very informed if your state has early voting take advantage of early voting if you have not requested your mail-on ballot make sure you request it and postmark it by the date that it should be just be as more informed as possible and if you know other people don't have those resources to be informed like your family your parents older you know your grandparents you know provide be that source of information and help them get to the polls so that actually like brings us to our next point one thing i wanted to mention is mail-in voting so right now because of the pandemic some people are concerned about being in public or being in crowds and that is perfectly a thousand percent okay like health should be a concern but you shouldn't have to put your health at risk to exercise your right to vote right so mail-in ballots have become part of the national conversation and essentially what it is is that you get your ballot in the mail you fill it out you have to make sure your signature matches by whatever's on file at the DMV or whatever signature the state has on file for you. So that's something you need to double check, check your driver's license and such, and then send it in in a timely manner, hoping that it makes makes it back to your supervisor of elections office to be counted with your county. And you or, have to, I, sorry, I just want to interject really quickly. Um, you can also like if you don't want to mail it per se back you can also drop it off at certain polling places that have the drop box option 
Yes, so that actually goes back to our other point for a little bit, and I wanted to bring this up, Manny, that there's been a lot of argument across the nation about how to deal with mail-in ballots, which you would think, personally, I never like really paid much attention to them until this election, but Same. even in Texas, they're saying that they want one polling location in each district, in each county, to be able to collect mail-in ballots. Just so, one? Yeah. So think about how large Texas is, how large their counties must be, and you can only drop off your mail-in ballot at one polling location within a county. So that makes it, going back to Manny's point, like how far you have to drive, how accessible it is. Is it better to mail it at that point, but you know it might take a few days? So there's a lot of concern and distrust in the election system, which I think a lot of distrust kind of more stems, I would say, from the 2016 presidential election, <laughs> Russian interference. Um, whether that, <laughs> whether you have that distrust in the system or not, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to cast your vote. So just make sure you know your rules for your county. And it's as simple as going to your supervisor of elections website or calling their office and asking what the best approach is or what um, available options are around you. Because even though no one can tamper with your ballot, there are opportunities for you to drop it off, maybe at not your polling location, but the polling location closest to you, or for you to mail it in. And then they have not necessarily, I want to say like a grace period, but they'll let you know, like, it needs to be in obviously by election day, 5pm, like what would happen? How do you fill out a provisional ballot if it doesn't go in? There's a lot of options to it. But anyway, I'm just rambling. Let's go into the whole mail and ballot situation and voter turnout. Um, Since we since we're talking about um, mail-in ballots, I just want to mention a few facts. Um, there's, th you will hear the word absentee ballots, and then you'll 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 hear vote by mail ballots. They're both the same thing. They're just interchangeable. You know, it's literally the same thing. And I want to mention because um, our president has been making some false statements about vote by mail ballots, and that. He's saying that there's going to be some type of voter fraud from the amount of mail-in ballots that are going to be received in this election. And there is no evidence at all to indicate that mail-in ballots create some form of election fraud, nor do um, mail-in ballots help one party over another. Of the 16 states where more than half of voters voted by mail in the last presidential election, Mr. Trump won nine of them. So it's the mail-in ballot is not to help one party over the other. It is to help everyone vote if you cannot physically go. Don't let anyone scare you into you know thinking that a mail-in ballot is not legitimate. And on the contrary, it's very safe. And, you know, if you don't feel safe going to the polls, go ahead and exercise that right. I also want to point out really quickly that if you have requested your mail-in ballot and have not yet received it in the mail, that is perfectly normal is what I was told. Actually, I just received my mail-in ballot yesterday and I was so happy because I freaked out thinking that it got lost in the mail or that it got sent to the wrong house because that has been happening in few isolated cases here and there. So I actually like emailed the Maryland Board of Elections and I asked them about it because online you can actually check um, the status of where it's at, if they've received your request, if it's in process, if it got sent. And mine had said sent for the last two weeks. I Mind you, I ordered it four weeks ago. So just know that USPS is taking 
a little bit of its time because there's been delays. And I just wanted to mention, for the record, our president did mail in his vote as well. So if he feels like his vote can be mailed in, yours can be too. True. And this is very true. <laughs> and that goes to how do we get more people to vote, y'all? Like Danny mentioned, his Hispanic Latinos are now like one of the largest voting blocks and we're rapidly growing. There's multiple issues that we care about. I know the pandemic is going to be like at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. Immigration is not necessarily a Hispanic Latino issue, but yes, it's something some people may be concerned about. But I would argue healthcare, the economy. How mm -hmm. do we get people to use these issues to make sure they are casting their vote, guys? And Gab Gabby, just to—I'm sorry, Danny. Gabby, no, no. just to just to add, you know, Gal Danny mentioned that Hispanics are now a big part of the electorate. I also want to mention just because, you know, we're young voters, or a lot, our friends are young voters. Um, and I'm not going to assume that most of our listeners are are young, but to those listeners that are millennials and some members of the Gen Z compromise 37% of eligible voters. That's almost 40% of the electorate. And that share is almost roughly the same as baby boomers and pre-boomers. So keep that in mind when someone tells you your vote doesn't matter and how much weight. And to your, to Gabby's, to going back to Gabby's question, how do we um, energize not only our generation, because most people, most people our age, fewer than half Americans, um, 18 to 29 voted in the 2016 presidential election. So yeah, going back to Gabby's question, I think we should discuss how a we bring Hispanics out to vote and how we bring young people out to vote. And I feel like it's kind of like the question I posed at the beginning. I think that's a very hard question. Yeah, I can tell you how hard. not to do it, though. You don't play Despacito. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, too soon. I'm too just soon. saying there's it, going back to hold the Hispandering aspect, I know there's been a lot of efforts to mobilize Hispanic Latino voters from both presidential candidates right now. And we don't need you to talk to us in Spanish per se. We don't need you uh, to play some of the top hits. We just need you to tell us that we're going to matter in this election. And that's what I've been kind of trying to harp on with my parents, because my mom is a, is a U.S. citizen, was born here, and she's apathetic. And she's like, I don't see the point in voting. It's going to turn out the way I want. I'm like, but you care about healthcare and it's your job and your profession. And after just, you know, sliding in some facts during conversation, she seems more convinced to head to the polls. And she didn't know early voting lasted so long. So I would say education is key and not pushing it. Don't be like, I know we started this conversation saying voting matters, but you can say, hey, have you thought about voting or what's your plan to vote? I know it sounds a little si silly, but just even having a simple, oh, I can go on a, on a Tuesday um, two weeks before election day is probably a lot better than everyone just assuming they're going to go on election day. I think you have to understand also that every election season, whether that's locally or nationally, it affects you. Even if you think it doesn't, it absolutely does. Because anything from, like you mentioned, Gabby, from healthcare to infrastructure to, you know, there's there's a pothole in the, the street that I drive to work every day and I'm fed up with it, to construction, to the need for 
um, increase in paychecks for teachers, for example. Anything that has to do with everything that surrounds your life is affected by the people that control hundred percent and and are in power. So like you have the power to decide who gets elected. That's huge. And you also have to remember that there's a lot of people who wish they could vote and they can't. You're representing those people that also have a voice, but sadly do not get counted because they are ineligible to vote. Danny, I love the way you described that because I use the same tactic when I convince people to vote who usually don't vote, where literally voting affects everything around you literally like you said your paycheck the environment how clean your air is how cheap your food is or expensive everything there's you can literally look around your room look around your city look around anywhere and there are laws dictating everything and gabby i'm gonna go against you and you were taking a nice (laughs) you were you were like take a nice approach to let people to vote no I, I am for so like you need to go out and vote like it's important why are you not there's no excuse I feel like there's no point in sugarcoating the topic and pleading people no it's it's like a serious issue like why are you not voting this is why it's important and if the person's not realizing how important it is then it's like you need to stress that not like oh what's your plan and it's like no this is what you need to do go sign up here this is your polling location even services like uber and lyft are are you know offering to drive you to the polls for free so i would check that out as well like if, if for whatever reason transportation is an issue well it's not so there really is no excuse for that I think the problem is, is like trying to energize the apathetic people, like someone, for instance, like my mother, she's been able to vote in more elections than I ever have in my lifetime. So how do I motivate someone like that to go? And, you know, I don't want to start an argument. I've realized that's not always the best tactic with someone who's already made up their mind for mm-hmm. decades. Yeah. And I just realized going this almost the slow approach, because I do agree, Manny, like I do feel like some people who realize it's important to you, it's. If people are invested in you as a person and they and they value what you think and what your opinions are, true. right, right, then I think that approach is going to work out great. Like I truly value, you know, I obviously love my fiance, and he's very distraught at the idea that some people are wasting an opportunity he wishes he had. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see him on Twitter and stuff promoting others to go vote and to sign up, and he'll post the links like he's doing his part to educate the public and he'll educate himself and stay updated on the issue. But at the end of the day, I value him as a person. So even though his voice may not be counted, (laughs) I want to be able to like contribute to his well-being too. And with that being said, I realize like other people need to be more emotionally invested or just need to be more educated because again, it's not easy. It's not as simple as like, it, it takes time out of your day. It takes time out of your typical routine. And you just have to show people that it's not as much time as you may think. And also, at the end of the day, these people are elected for years. So, you know, this this is a once in every four years, once in every two years that you take time out of your, you know, busy schedule to sit down, do a quick Google search on whatever specific topic you're interested or whatever you wish, whatever is important to you, um, because it will affect coming years and history for that matter i'm 100 percent, danny <laughs> i'm gonna mention something that i just thought of um 
And I think a lot of people, some people will say they don't vote because they're distrustful of the system or they don't like, you know, our, our, our politics right now is very divisive. The most divisive it's been in a very long time. And obviously ser- several s- series of events have led to it. It's just not one thing, you know, over, over the years, you know, con- uh, lawmakers have become more partisan in their ideas. No one's reaching across the aisle to do a lot of things. And to those people, I want to say that the answer is not voting. The answer and the solution to fixing it is to vote. Vote for the people who are going to change that. Don't vote for the people who are going to maintain the status quo. And that's always my pitch to go vote. You don't like the system. You don't like what's going on. Go and make your voice heard. Yeah, I'm a big proponent that I don't think you're allowed to complain unless you're doing something to change it. I legit was about to say that. 100%. Wait, wait, Gabby, can you say that louder for the people in the back? I said you are not (laughs) allowed to complain if you are not doing anything to change it. Sorry, I needed to add for further effect the the clap. (laughs) That was me. Um, but in all honesty, like it, it just surprises me how much energy people are willing to waste to complain, but not actually physically like use that energy to invest it in. You know how many websites do voter guides for people? You know how early your sample ballot is out so you can look at the issues and like know what you're looking at? It's so simple. You know how much paper and how much money is invested to make sure that people have access to this information? Like, honey boo boo, if you can go binge watch. <laughs> something on netflix for six hours you could like have that stuff in the background as you're going on your phone too like it's not that hard right and it's so like you literally have a computer in your pockets you don't have any excuses like oh my god where do i get this information and even Um, then if you're too lazy for whatever reason just watch one or two debates and i feel like you might have your mind made up just by the way they talk, by the way they express themselves, by what questions are answered and which ones are avoided. I think you can learn a lot from these debates as well. Okay, pero disclaimer, we're not going to count the most recent presidential oh, debate. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. It was I'm, like, I'm talking in a general sense. Yeah, you like, should. Don't you should. let that be your standard, y'all. They're, they tend to be a little bit better. Uh, just one quick, since we're focusing on like getting you know voter turnout, I want to mention this um, NPR article I read. And... Uh, they interviewed this professor at Duke University and she really she was she was talking about the protests that were happening in 2018 after the Parkland mass shooting and it there was a lot of civic engagement from young people and i think this time around a lot with you know not only black lives matter but you know gun rights um gun laws are still an issue. And she mentioned in the article that it's not that younger people have mostly a lack of energy or apathy. It's that the real problem she says is that they don't follow through on their civic intentions. So I hope that everyone who's been, you know, protesting and who's making, who, who have been making a stance and who have been making their voice heard, Make sure you make your voice heard at the ballot box. May you know go through the entire thing because you can't change the system without your vote. And I that's just that's just my opinion. So with that being said, I think we've harped on and given you a lot of reasons on why voting matters. But at the end of the day, all you can do is make your plan and make sure you're ready to go. If you 
and all of your friends do cast a ballot, that's a few dozen people already heading toward or making moves at the civic level. So just imagine what a wave of those moves can do. Don't doubt the power in your vote. Please head to the polls. So no matter how apathetic other voters may be, remember that your voice matters too. All it takes is that personal touch. And remember, it all starts with a conversation. So make sure to lean in and say, Oye, let's talk about your plan to head to the polls this election day because your vote matters. Go vote. Dale. 